Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. I miss you all. I have been doing so many interviews and I haven't done any solo episodes in a while, so I wanted to do an episode for you today. So I hope you're all doing well and taking time for yourself in this crazy busy world we're in. Today, we're actually going to talk about networking and how to build connections and increase your visibility. I'm going to approach this from both the in-person view as well as online because both are important nowadays. And in order for people to expand their network, they want to do it, but they don't always know exactly how to do it. So sometimes that networking option gets pushed to the bottom of the priority list. And I want to show you that it can be far easier to do than you realize, and it only requires a few minutes every day to get started. I'm excited to share these ideas with you, many of which I've used myself or shared with clients. I hope that you'll take any one of them and try them out. I'm also going to attach some resources in the podcast notes for you to dive in deeper if you want. Some of those I will talk about in the episode today and some I will just share with you that I found along the way and shared with clients that I think are helpful. So let's start out with what do you think networking means to you? For most people, I think they think about the in-person networking side of things, the internal side of that, meeting with people within a company, spending time with them, building relationships. There's also the external view of that where you're meeting with people from other companies, maybe people in your industry or who have similar roles to you, or maybe that you've met at a networking event. But there's also online. So many of you may be a part of LinkedIn or Facebook or any of the other social media platforms out there. And so there's opportunities to network there. So I'm going to talk about both sides of that because I think it's important for you to be able to do both sides well. So when you think about networking, do you think about meeting a bunch of people in a big room? (laughs) That is definitely how I started out that way. That was before social media had really taken off and going to big events seemed like the goal. It was to maximize the number of people that you meet at one time. So 150 to 200 people in one room together, 
you're trying to meet as many of those people as possible because social media just wasn't at that time what it is today. So think about the last event you attended. Did you add everyone that you met into your LinkedIn? How many of those people did you have an additional conversation with after the event? How many of those connections that you made are still people that you talk to years later? I've actually looked at many of my connections and some of them I don't remember. Some of them I don't remember where I connected with them. And I've actually reached out to them and said, I know we're connected, but can let's talk about why, <laughs> why we're connected, how we got connected. And it really brings up another conversation, which has been great. But most people only connect with about 75 to 100 people on LinkedIn regularly. Did you know that? You may have 900,000, over 5,000. Some people have so many connections, but how many are you actually talking to on a regular basis? Let's talk about how to expand those connections in person and online for anybody that you want to interact with more on a regular basis. I wanted to share a conversation that I had with one of my clients about networking and how to use curiosity to help with conversations when you're networking. So one of my clients, Tom, works on a team and he was interested in moving to a managerial role. He said he wanted to increase his visibility to show his management that he was ready for a promotion. So I asked him, what are you doing now to increase your visibility? He responded, well, I meet with my manager and my peers on a regular basis. I've made some presentations to my leadership team and I receive positive feedback for them. I asked, have you done any networking either inside the company with other groups or outside the company at networking events? He said, well, I attended a networking event a few years ago. It didn't really go very well. I said hi to a few people, but I wasn't sure how to start the conversation. So I stood off to the side and looked at my phone. I would like to learn how to do better conversations, he said to me. Now, I'm sure you've been in that situation. I definitely have. And people like Tom put a lot of pressure on themselves to have the perfect conversation. And then because they don't know how to have it, they don't start it or maintain any conversations that may get started. They just don't talk to anyone. They sit off to the side and just really have probably not the most productive networking event they've ever had. So I said to him, what if you went into each conversation from a place of curiosity? He said, do you mean that I just ask him a bunch of questions? (laughs) I said, yes, ask them questions. However, you are going to come at it from a place of genuine curiosity this time. Here are some examples that I shared with him that I hope will help you. You can start off with, what do you do? A common question, most networking events, but then you can follow up with, how did you get started in that field? What do you enjoy most about being in your role or working for your company? Or what are the biggest challenges that you're facing? Another example might be, do you live in the area? They respond with where they live and you follow up with, what do you like best about living there? How long have you lived there? Do you have any favorite restaurants or places to visit there? If you've been there, you can also talk about your experience of being there. What I shared with Tom is a best practice that he could implement right away. And he said, I can see how this would generate a different conversation. I can just talk to them like they're a new coworker or a neighbor. These questions allow the person to expand on their answers and share more information with you. You get to learn new things about them that may show you where you could add value to them, connect them with someone else, or simply find something in common with them. Go into the conversations with a positive intent and curiosity to learn something fascinating about them. This experience will help you build a stronger relationship and make the other person feel valued. Now, sometimes the word networking can bring up anxiety for people who are definitely more introverted. Walking into a room full of people that they don't know and having a conversation with any of them sounds worse 
than having a root canal. I wrote a whole story about my networking experience in the Visibility Factor book and how difficult it was for me to do. Around the time I was doing a lot of networking back at Craft, a consultant came in to speak to us. His name was David J.P. Fisher of a company called Rockstar Consulting. And he actually shared a lot of great tips about how to think about what you would say and also how to have the right mindset when you walk into the room when you're networking. His definition of networking was building a series of relationships with other business people to enlist their help in spreading the message about your business needs, as well as doing the same for them. In short, you help me and I help you. Now, having a plan and knowing what to say may help to eliminate some of that anxiety. So I'm going to share a few of his uh, networking steps, but then add my own ideas into those. His first one was create a plan. Who do you want to meet at the event? Check out the list of attendees if you can access it. Look at their LinkedIn profiles so you can see their picture and what they do. Focus on the ones that you're most interested in connecting with and think about what you want to get out of that connection that you have with them. Meet people. Where are people hanging out that you want to meet? Identify organizations that they would belong to or other events that they may attend. The list might be affinity groups, charity organizations, or other interest groups. Build relationships. Do you have anything in common with any of the people on the list of this networking event that you're going to? Maybe you both have the same connection in LinkedIn. You worked at the same place or you went to the same school. Just something that can be used as a good icebreaker to start and build a relationship. Give help. What help would you provide this person at the event? Listen to conversations and see if there's something that you can do to help them or connect them to someone else who can. Be helpful to others and see that they may return that favor someday. Ask for help. What things do you need help on? Do they have a contact at a company that you're interested in? Or do they know someone who can help you in an area that you're struggling in? Leverage this group of people that you meet in the room. People will help you if you ask them for what you need. Now, many people think about networking when it comes to finding a job finding new clients if they're working you know, as an entrepreneur, they're a coach, or learning from each other. Being intentional about it and having a plan gives you the opportunity to target your conversations with those people that are the most beneficial to you. Now, networking events are a great way to meet new people in a very short period of time. So when you attend an event, are you going in energized or full of anxiety, as I talked about in my experience? The ability to go up and introduce yourself to people you don't know can be a struggle when you don't know what to say. So I also wanted to share, in addition to the five steps that JP shared, I wanted to also share with you some things that you might do as best practices for conversations. So introduction. What is the first thing you do when you meet someone? Do you talk about your title or what you actually do? Although a title might be the same, the responsibilities can be very different depending on how the company is set up. It is much better to talk about what you're responsible for in a short 30-second elevator speech and what makes you stand out from everyone else. You're trying to make sure that they remember you. Conversation. The best conversations from another person's perspective happens when you listen to them and ask them questions about what they do and what's important to them. Be an active listener. Pay attention to the words that they use and ask them clarifying questions. The questions that you ask them are most likely the same ones that they will turn around and then ask you. It's all about reciprocity. This gives you the chance then to share your stories and what you want people to learn about you. 
Now I'll share an article in the notes about the five powerful questions to ask at a networking event. So you can check those out and see if any of those questions are something you want to incorporate into your plan the next time you go to one. Follow-up. How many times have you connected with people in an event and you don't follow up afterwards? Unfortunately, this happens way too often and then you've lost that connection. Minimally, you can connect with them on LinkedIn, send them a quick note that same day, say it was great to meet you. Uh, I loved our conversation. Potentially, we can get together for coffee, you know, sometime soon. And set a reminder on your calendar and maybe you go back and connect with that person again if they haven't talked to you. There are opportunities and you want to make sure that you capture that momentum when it happens so that you don't lose it. Make sure you're also capturing the details of the conversation so you can remember that information when you follow up. Did you talk about where they lived? Did you talk about where they went to school, where they worked, the things that they do? Capture that information because I promise you, you'll forget uh, two months from now, six months from now, a year from now, and you may run into that person or connect with them again. And you want to be able to go back and look at that. So you can have a spreadsheet of people that you've met and just jot a few notes down. It will be really helpful for you later. Now, the anxiety of networking may never fully go away, but the more you do it, I promise the easier it will become for you. So I wanted to share another example of someone that I worked with named Jennifer. And Jennifer's thinking about changing companies in the next year, and she wanted to expand her external network, but wasn't sure where to begin. So we started with the basics. I asked her, who are the people that you want to meet with? Are they certain levels, industries, companies, titles? Sometimes it helps to narrow down and focus when it feels too overwhelming. She said, well, I'm a director now, and I'd like to meet with more VPs so I can learn what it took for them to get to that level and what their day in the life looks like. I said, great. This type of discussion would be known as an informational interview. It gives you a chance to get to know them, but you can also share more about yourself and what you want. Do you care what industry they work in or company that they work for? She said, I would really like to meet with people in the pharmaceutical, consumer goods, and technology industries. I don't know that I care about specific companies so much. I said, okay. So do you want to talk to VPs who work for any company in the pharma, CPG, or tech industries? She said, yeah. I said, okay, do you know any people in your network now who fit into those categories and would be willing to meet with you? So she took a few minutes to think about it, opened her LinkedIn connections list, and there were 15 people that fit that criteria she was looking for. I said, okay, are you willing to reach out to each of them and ask them if they're open to meet with you? Now, just imagine the look on her face is probably what you have on your face right now. (laughs) It's I don't know what to say to them. I'm sure they're busy. They don't have time to meet with me. All of the excuses and doubts come into your head of, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. It's very common. She doesn't move forward because she's created a story that they're too busy or wouldn't have time for her, which keeps her from trying. So I have an article that I'm going to share a few pieces from, and I will attach in the notes. And this comes from a former recruiter who's now a coach to millennials. And she had some great questions that you can use in an informational interview to help you feel calmer, to know what to say, to reach out to them in the best way. So a few of those questions are, can you walk me through, and you can talk about maybe their specific role or anything that they're doing at their company, about your career journey. You know, everyone has a career journey and how they got to that place is different for each person. What experiences did you have that prepared you the best for your job? What are some big projects you're working on if they're, you know, able to share that, right? Some of that might be confidential. They may not be able to share. What part of this job do you personally find the most satisfying? I promise you, people want to talk about themselves. They really do. 
And if you go in from a real pure exploration standpoint of curiosity and really wanting to learn, they're going to want to talk to you. So just be open and know that, that it can happen. So when Jennifer looked over this article and and these questions of which I shared a few, she realized it wasn't so scary after all. I asked her the question that was at the root of her fear. What will happen if they tell you no, that they won't meet with you? She thought about it for a few seconds and she said, well, I guess I'll thank them for responding to me and suggest that maybe we can find some time in the future to reconnect. I'll move on to the next person, see if they're going to say yes. So now how does that feel compared to where we started in the conversation? She smiled and she said, you know, now that we've talked about it and what could happen, it doesn't seem so hard to do. I don't want to get a no from them, but I can see that it doesn't necessarily mean it's about me personally. There could be a hundred reasons for them to say no, and I'll just keep going to the next person on my list. So she took her list of 15 potential contacts and started reaching out to them the next day. She was so excited when she called me and told me that she already had three people who had accepted her request, and she felt like she was going to be making progress on her goal of meeting more people. So if you feel like you're not making progress, look at the story you may be telling yourself. Is it true? The only way you don't move forward and get results is if you don't try. Now, I know many people think of networking as an in-person activity, but the internet provides you the opportunity to network with people all over the globe. There's so many places to network now. You probably have Facebook, maybe LinkedIn, but you may also be on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or TikTok. Have you thought about networking with these people versus just accepting the connect friend or follow request? Some people seem to be trying to get as many connections as possible. If you have all those connections, but you don't really connect with them, then is it doing you any good? Is there something you are interested in learning from them or that you could offer to them? You're more likely to get an accept to your connect or friend request if you send a simple note about how you met them or that you have a mutual friend or why you're interested in talking to them. Congratulate someone on a work anniversary or if they have a birthday. These are helpful to respond quickly to. And you can always add a more personal note, something that helps them realize that it's not just a a canned automated message that you're sending. When someone likes an article that you posted, you can reach out to them and say, thanks for liking your post. Ask them how things are going for them at their job or what new things they're working on. You know that you're already having a common interest because they like what you posted. Leverage that to build a stronger connection. Post a question in a Facebook or LinkedIn group. People will respond to your question, which automatically helps you connect with them on a common interest. Send a separate message to them if you want to connect further. Answer questions, like, and comment on other people's posts to let them know that you're interested in what they're sharing as well. Now, it may feel overwhelming. There's so many connections on LinkedIn, for example. So I thought I'd walk through a quick example of how you could pare this down a bit for yourself. So I'm going to use supply chain connections as an example on LinkedIn. So if you search for supply chain, you're probably going to see millions of results. You want to start to look at how to filter that down. So you can filter it down by first, second, or third level connections that you have already. Who do you already know that you can introduce someone else to? Could you connect to a second level connection with a note that is very sincere and says you would like to be connected with someone that they're connected to? Now, if you talk about that with them and tell them why, remember, they're putting their credibility on the line to connect you to this other person. So you have to make sure you're going to do it. You have to explain why it is you want it and how you can make sure that conversation happens. 
And if you want more notes of how to do that, um, you know, reach out to me. I would love to, to help you do that because I think it's so important to leverage the current network that you have. Look at which supply chain companies come up when you do your search and are filtering. Are there any next level connections that you have that work there now? Where are they located? Remember, people are switching jobs all the time and it's hard to stay on top of that. So look at your current connections. Say congratulations when they switch jobs to maintain your connection with them. If there's a company you're interested in potentially moving to or working at, look at who you know who works there. Are there others there that you would like to have a connection with and they could help connect you to them? LinkedIn groups are a great way to meet other people in your function. Look at your connections to see what supply chain groups they have. Join groups that are included with other connections that you're looking to build. Now, some groups have requirements. You have to check the rules to join. Sometimes you have to be very active in a group in order to stay there, but have an opportunity to like and comment on discussions and articles helps you stay in the group. And some groups I've noticed are actually starting to open up and become public groups now. So you may have more opportunity to be a part of those groups. And if you want more information, you can ask questions to get responses from others. So sometimes I've had people, especially when they are like a recruiter may go into a LinkedIn group and ask a question to see if anyone responds. If someone responds, it could be somebody that they might want to talk to for a potential job opening they have. You can also use it as a way to research information or a problem or a challenge that you have. Share a question in there, see who responds, and maybe that's a person you want to connect with and learn from them with a situation that they had. If you choose content under supply chain, you're going to see articles also that people have written or shared on a topic. Are there influencers that are writing articles that you find interesting? You could follow them, get notified when they write another article or publish it, or they may write a newsletter in LinkedIn. But it's important to start a conversation with them. Share why you like the article. You can also write your own articles and have people follow you. I have done this with people who are really pretty famous authors, honestly, and I wasn't sure that they were going to respond, and they always do, because I make it a very genuine, authentic note about why I like their book or why I really have been following them for a while. And people are happy to hear that, right? They want to know that they are seen, that the work that they're doing and putting out in the world is making a difference. So I hope that gives you some different ideas to think about. Now we're going to go into the visibility actions for you to take this week. So the goal is for you to reach out to and build relationships and leverage them, right? It isn't just to have a bunch of connections that you don't know who they are and why they're on your list. So what if you identify some people that are already on your list that you want to reconnect with instead? You can expand your network one by one and make it higher quality with actual conversations. Some questions I want you to ask yourself though before you do this. What is your goal for the conversation? Do you have a specific ask or need? What is your intention? Do you simply want to reconnect with them? Is there something you could do to add value to them or connect them to other people that you know? Choose an outcome that will help you focus. So here's a way to think about it. Are you looking for people in your function? Are you looking for people who have a new job and a company that is similar to yours? Are you looking for people who have information on a specific topic in your function? The goal is to be a giver, not a taker. So go in with a value focus that you will help them with whatever challenge they may have when they respond to you, have that conversation, and then be able to have your ask come later. It's always going to help you build a stronger relationship with the other person. 
Now you may be thinking, gosh, there's so many people in my network. How can I possibly do this? Again, we're going to narrow this down and make it easy. Identify two to three people each week that you want to meet with or reach out to or connect with. If you do this each week, do you know how many you would have at the end of the year? 100 to 150 connections in your network that are much stronger that you've actually had conversations with. but They just aren't sitting on your connections list or your liked list or your follow list. You are increasing your visibility with them every time you reach out and talk to them. You're building a stronger relationship. So if you do this every year, your network just grows stronger each year. When you add new people, do the same thing. Make sure you're staying connected with them so your network will always be strong. This only takes 10 to 15 minutes, everybody. It doesn't take all day. So think about when you're watching TV, connecting with a few people. At lunchtime, connect with a few people. We don't want you to wait until you lose your job because that's usually when people realize, oh my gosh, I don't have a strong enough network. Having a strong network is a great asset to have when you need help and for people to reconnect with you. Take the opportunity to leverage these online best practices to help you expand your network even more than you imagined. I will attach all the resources that I talked about today in the notes and reach out to me if you have questions. I hope this was beneficial. I hope I gave you more than enough ideas. You only have to pick one to try, but try one of these ideas and let's get started building your network. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.